What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Rising Sun Podcast. I'm Dean Howell. Hey, I just want to talk about Prize Crew Coffee real quick. They're a sponsor of the podcast. If you've gotten a ball cap for me or a coin as a guest on the podcast, they made those for me. And their coffee is some of the best I've ever had, quite frankly. Um, small batch, organic trade farms, air roaster. My favorite is Molly's Dark and Stormy. It's my friend up in the Pac Northwest. He's a senior chief quartermaster that is the CEO of the company, and he's just doing some pretty fantastic things. So check out Prize Crew Coffee. That's prizecrewcoffee.com. And if you make a purchase, use code SALE, that's S A I L, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. Hey, as a reminder, the views expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers alone and do not represent those of the United States government, the Department of Defense, or any of its components. Today, I was super excited to have Dan Field on. Dan Field is the United States 7th Fleet Command Master Chief. He's a bit of a big deal. You'll see his full bio in the episode description, but I'll tell you what, man. He's just an awesome dude. He's a sailor sailor, working at the highest levels of the senior enlisted community in the Navy, and always has our community, our families, and our sailors' best interests at heart. So I was super excited to have him on the podcast for this episode. I broke it up into two parts, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. We had some very candid conversation and um, cracked a couple of chew highs and just had a good time. So with that, on to the show. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Come on, man. Yeah. Come by. Dan Fields, what's going on, man? Nothing much, brother. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast, man. It's an honor and a privilege, bro. Dude, I am stoked to have you all, man. Like, um, I was kind of hesitant to ask you because I understand, like, once you get into a position kind of like yours that, um, you know, there's there's some, like, uh, leap of faith that happens to, mm-hmm. to, to kind of do something like this, right? But so I really appreciate it, man. Um I'll put all of your details and everything in the, in the okay. link description, bio. We'll talk about all that. that stuff, man. We'll do all that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, like height, weight, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how sexy this motherfucker is, like all that shit, right? But uh, You'll probably get a lot of dislikes. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll tell you what, dude. Um, it's, it's really exciting for me, though, just to have you on. I've had, I mean, you saw the, the woman, Randy, yeah. and that was a total one-off. Like, I knew that I was going to do that podcast with him, but I was down in Sasebo, and, and it had just, like, dumped rain. So I was walking down fucking India Pier, <laughs> and he was like, hey, bro, I can't do it until 1530 or whatever. And uh, and we had originally intended to do it, like, in my hotel room. Mm. But I'll stay at the fucking Washington Hotel. You know, she's fucking trash. I will never fucking stay there again, right? You roll out of bed right under the head. Dude, it was so trash, you know? And so originally it was like, I'll have him over to the hotel. We'll just fucking like set up, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but then I was like, hey, bro, I cannot do it. He's like, hey, man, like, you can't do it at my house. I got, you know, I got Yoko, the dog, and Jen's there. I was like, fuck it, dude. He's like, just come in the fucking cabin. I was like, well, okay, um, we might have to be a little more careful because we'll both be in uniform, but it's all good, right? No, so, I think I think that was a perfect thing, uh, venue too, man, to be on board yeah. the USS Chief, man. What a what a iconic, you know, uh, ship for us, you know, oh, to as, as Chief Petty Officers, and then to have have the opportunity to be able to interview Randy Hayes, who's probably one of the one of the 
up and coming, fast rising leaders in the Navy, man. And, and, yeah. and he genuinely cares about that ship and his people. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be learned from Randy. Dude, I love that dude. You know, he was my operations officer on the Campbell. Oh, you really? Okay. And, uh, we were joking about it when I had him on the, on the podcast. Like there were times, man, when we, bro, bro <laughs> like we were in the smoke pit, just like, holy shit. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, um, you know, he got there right when we were kind of getting into the operational cycle. Okay. So he, he kind of missed a lot of the thing, you know, the LOA and, and all the basic phase mm -hmm. and all the things yeah. that, that McCampbell went through. Um, but man, what a, what a perfect back then operations officer, mm -hmm. like he was exactly what we needed for that yeah. ship in the time that he was there. And, um, I, I agree, man. Like that dude is going places. Mm -hmm. he he's is. fucking going he places, is, man. you know? He is. So, um, and you know, he, he, he does very well at building that bridge between the officer and enlisted community as yeah. well. Um, still maintaining those boundaries, but, but is able to get the crew to, to, to just do what they've done. I mean, they've been killing yeah. the whole time here, you know, yeah. ever since he, I mean, even the ones before him were, were great too, but uh, yeah, I, I think Randy was the right, right person to, to be yeah. the captain of that ship. I agree, man. It's funny too. Like when he heard that he was going to chief, he was like, what is that? <laughs> like, like Pat Sullivan, Captain Sullivan yeah. now, right? Pat Sullivan was like, uh, let me turn you on to like what USS chief is. Yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> of course, all the chiefs on McCann were like, oh, you're going to chief, huh? Like, yeah. yes, you know, but, um, and he's yeah. so accommodating to any chief's mess that rolls into Sasebo. Yeah. Any chief's mess that walks on his ship here in Yoko. I mean, even in Okinawa, you know, he had a bunch of the chief's mess, mm -hmm. you know, from the FMF side that went over to go visit the USS chief. And yeah. It's pretty rare, rare for, for those folks to be able to see that they're, they're in their yeah. backyard. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, man, he's, he's awesome. Man. Yeah, awesome. Him, him and Jen, great people. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So let's go here real quick, Dan. Um, so pleasantries are out of the way. Um, I always kind of start my podcast off like this without fail, man. I was listening to an old one that I did today with, uh, Mark Takata, mm -hmm. who was an AMCS up there in Masao mm -hmm. with me. He had done some time with Dev Guru and whatnot and half Japanese. And um, I was listening to it because I used to really suck at this. I was fucking terrible. <laughs> and real talk, I was drunk about half the time. <laughs> I mean, I was, hey, yeah. I was drunk about half the time. Y'all responsible drinking. But I was geo batch, and I had you know I lived in the towers up there, and it was like snow on the ground about half the year. And um, anyway, so I had Mark on, and I've gotten a lot better at this. But one of the things that I always do is I kind of ask my guests about their origin story. So like. Mm. Because I truly believe, at least from personal experience and then from seeing people that I know, that like how we grow up as a kid, our relationship with our parents, school, whether we moved around a lot, mm -hmm. like all these things, yeah. like, you know, from zero to like 12, 15, like they really kind of inform a lot about us mm -hmm. as, a, yeah. as, a, as an adult human being, right? So, um, so what's the Danfield origin story? Well, so I was, uh, I was born in San Jose, California, um, in 1973, geez, and then uh, ended up growing up in Nogales, Arizona, which is on the border town. Uh, my father is a uh, uh, naturalized citizen from Mexico. Um, he came to the States when he was 16, 17 to go to college in Missouri, out of all places. Uh, he went to Bible college. He's a, mm -hmm. he's a preacher, minister. Mm -hmm. uh, he met my mom there. My mom's from Missouri as well. And, uh, yeah, they took off and, uh, you know, started preaching in the churches and, 
And uh, I grew up on the piano bench right next to my mom, man, right. until uh, I hit 16. Yeah. Things kind of changed a little yeah. bit, yeah. <laughs> you know. As, as um, tends to happen. Yeah, you know, it was you know, with my school was all predominantly Hispanic, uh, mm -hmm. right on the border, and, and I was, you know, I, I speak, read, write English, Spanish, and and I was the only Caucasian person in school. And there was another guy. He was from uh, he was from the Bronx, New York. Yeah. Um, a brother, and he was there too. He also spoke Spanish, which would trip everybody. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, man, grew up there, and then. Uh, once uh, I graduated high school in uh, in '91, uh, didn't do so well my first go around because at uh, community college. Yeah, um, and you know parents don't like that too much when <laughs> when you're spending their money and then uh, and yeah, so I just I, I decided to go walk in the Navy recruiter and uh, I originally came in as an AMH into okay. into, yeah. into the Navy. You yeah, know? so I wanted I was a big mechanic. I love turning wrenches, still do today, um, but I wanted to be a hydraulic guy mm -hmm. um so i get to millington tennessee millington right? man. Yeah, that was my work before my a school is and we're doing our flight deck you know aviation physicals and mm -hmm. uh and uh they pull me aside they're like hey you're colorblind so you can't are you fucking shit. colorblind no bro? no i'm not i just can't my oh, green, shit. my browns are marked, a little bit more difficult <laughs> um but no and, and and when they gave me the uh they did that phalent lantern test yeah um and i had bad vision they told me to take off my glasses so i couldn't even see yeah. The, the, the lantern, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I got sent to the, what they used to call them classifiers back then. Not, yeah, not, yeah, 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 not classifiers. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, he had, had like, he had those little three by five cards with the jobs on them. Right. And it was like, OSCS or it's like MS, YN and an HM. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and the guy kind of pushes the HM one to me. He's like, this is probably, this is the one you want to <laughs> see. Yeah. He goes, you're going to be at a hospital, yeah. stationed at a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Now sign me up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I went to core school in, uh, geez, July of 92. Okay. Um, graduated core school there in San Diego, got stationed there at Naval Hospital San Diego. Yeah. Man. And then in the end of 1993, found myself up at Camp Pendleton with the, with the Marines. The Corps. Yeah. Nobody yeah. ever told me about that. Yeah. They didn't tell you about the green. Yeah, they didn't tell me about the grunts, you know? <laughs> uh, but lo and behold, you know, man, it was, it was a blessing in disguise because that's where I think my naval foundation started off was with the Marine Corps. Yeah. A very structured organization, very, very one mindset driven. We were talking earlier about the team guys, right? Well, those grunts are the same way, man. They got oh, yeah. one job has to put rounds down range. Yep. Make sure they hit the targets, you know? Um, but I had some really good, sergeants staff sergeants gunnery sergeants that kind of brought me up as, a, as an hm yeah and i still look back to those days of day because it because of those gentlemen uh that's where i'm at today man that's dope man i mean like anybody you talk to that serves with the core man i've got a i've got a friend he's that's somebody that i met through the podcast yeah. dude's name's uh brian bishop and he was um you know soft guy mm -hmm. with the marine corps yep. and um Oh, my, my first command was Essex, right? Okay. Yeah. Essex and Sasebo, man. And like the Marines, you know, man, everybody likes to make fun of Marines, right? But like, here's what I'll say is some of the most accomplished people, veterans mm -hmm. outside of the Navy are, are fucking Marines, yeah. man. Because yeah. they get out and they're, they're like, they, they, they know how to do, acquire this fucking target. They know how to make a plan, yeah. right? Like everything yeah. they learn, it, it like, it, it breed success in them so they can get out and they're like oh shit this shit is fucking easy yeah. right like yeah. they know how to fucking like move forward and so any of the fmf corpsmen especially that i've met like those dudes have nothing but 
glowing things to say about uh, about the Marine Corps, right? Yeah, it, and, and you know the other part too that you see the difference between the Navy and the Marine Corps. Of course, two different missions, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, completely different missions, but um, they they immerse themselves in that culture. Mm -hmm. You know, even after they retire, they get out. You yeah, know, once a Marine, always a Marine. Yep. Um, and, and they they really respect that Eagle Globe and Anchor that they that, that they wear every day, even off duty. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one of the things that kind of was embedded in me too as well. Even though I had U.S. Navy on my uniform, mm -hmm. they didn't have, they didn't hesitate to snatch me up by my collar and and yeah. either set me straight or yeah. or, or yeah. show me a good time. Yeah, well, I, I mean, for Corbin especially, man, I'm like once you're in it, you're in it, yeah. man. Like, you know, you you watch all the shows and stuff like the Pacific. I don't know if mm -hmm. you ever watch yeah, the Pacific. Like Doc, man. Yeah. Like when Marines say Doc, they say it different than I do. Like I, I call all my corpsmen. I've had so many corpsmen work for me over the years, yeah. and like I call them Doc affectionately. Like you know, E nine to E one. Mm -hmm. I call them all Doc, yeah. right? But yeah. like. That's different from the way a Marine calls a doc. It is. Doc. It is. Does that it make is. sense? Yeah, it is. And, and a lot of that, too, is because, you know, we, we train alongside them the whole time, man. I mean, when mm -hmm. you start doing your workup cycles and, you know, you're going to jungle warfare training, which was, oh, geez. Yeah. You know, it was one of probably the most challenging trainings I've been through. Cold weather survival school. Yeah. Sleeping in a snow cave for, for three, four days up in Bridgeport, California. It was just yes. having MRE. And, and they're like, okay, we'll be back in four days, you know. Yeah. Here's yeah. your one candle that you can put in your your ice cave and it keeps it at 50 degrees. That's right. not true. Cause yeah. we actually lit like three candles <laughs> in a day. You know? yeah. It's um, cold as fuck. It is, man. Oh man, dude. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, but growing up side by side with them like that, man, it's just, it's just, it, it's, it's a relationship that I can't explain. Yeah. Um, I think the closest thing to that would have been uh, IDC on a crew desk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I did my time with the Marines and then I went down to uh, San Diego branch, branch medical clinic mm -hmm. down there. Um, and at that time I was, uh, a little hot-headed HM3, oh, go um, and, uh, my LPO was an HM3 and, and she told me to do something one time and I probably answered back in the way I shouldn't have. <laughs> um, and I found myself at DRB, man. And, and this yeah. is my first DRB. We didn't, Marines don't do DRBs, right. you know, they, they don't, you, you know, just they, go article you go, yeah, and that's like office game. hours, man, bam, that's, that's it, it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so... I was in the DRB and there was two senior chiefs and two master chiefs. And the one senior chief's name is Wayne Guy ended up retiring as a, as a, as a, as a master chief. Yeah. And after we were done with DRB and, and after they handed me my, my ass on a plate on a fucking platter, yeah. um, I went outside and Wayne Guy followed me behind me. He goes, HM3, come here. And I said, what's up senior? Yeah. He goes, what do you want to do, man? You know, and, and coming from the Marines where you see patients, right? Yeah. From start to finish, yep. treat them, diagnose them, you know, all that stuff. You do your medical note, you know, you prescribe the meds. Yeah. And then to go to a clinic where you sat me down at a desk to check patients in mm -hmm. and not even give me the opportunity to see patients. I told senior, I said, I'm, all I wanted to do is see patients. Yeah. He goes, okay, tomorrow morning, which is a Thursday morning, he goes, be here at zero five at the clinic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, go, Jesus, see what, see what's going to happen. <laughs> so I showed up the next day, man, and, and got in his, uh, his uh, Tahoe and uh, he drove right across the street over the wet side. Mm -hmm. And introduced me to the Sima Medical Annex, which was opened up right there next to Pier. Was it Pier Four? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, man, I ran that. Yeah. You know, yeah. as the provider and yeah. seeing patients with him as an IDC. That was the first time I ever met an IDC. Yeah. Uh, made second class, and and when I made second class, he goes, "Okay, now what do you want to do?" I said, "I want to see patients." He goes, "Well, there's only one way to do it." IDC. IDC. He goes, IDC. "So you might as well go to school and get paid." You know, yeah. At that time, 
you graduated above a 94, you made first class, and then it was like a $54,000 bonus for Damn. a six year investment. You know? shit. So, yeah, man. And then that's where my IDC career just took off, brother. Yeah. Um, so, you've been an IDC since you were a second class. Yeah. 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 I made, I made, I made first class in seven years. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, and that was my whole career up until I made, you know, got selected for the program. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. From there, I went to, uh, my first command was USS Constellation, CV-64. Fucking kind. Yeah, yeah. Holy kind shit, kid, man. You just dated yourself like a <laughs> motherfucker. Like, just so we're on. That motherfucker is a yeah. museum now. It's with your razor blades. You and I are shaking our heads with it yeah, every yeah, morning, yeah. man. Um, from Connie, we came back from uh, OIF-OEF after it popped off after yeah. September 11th. Yeah. And then I ended up deploying with the Marines out to Iraq, out to uh, Al-Assad, up okay. in Portland Park, yeah. by the Syrian border. Yeah. Uh, came back from there, went to USS Milius, did my... Did my crew disc. Well, I did a little bit of a about eight month stint on Thatch because they had lost the yeah. IDC. Mm -hmm. But while I was waiting to PCS to Millius, they that's what I yeah, that's what I did. Uh -huh. Um, and then uh, yeah, I did Millius. Uh, Joanne Ortloff was my CMC on Get it. Get the fuck yeah, out! That of was here. her first tour, man. Holy uh, shit! So man. it was good. I made chief there. Yeah. Um, and wow, then, hold on, hold on. So you were a first class IDC corpsman on USS Millius. Mm -hmm. What year was this? 2003 to 2006. I just, I just want to like put that in context. I'm not trying to make you feel <laughs> like, but I want to put it in context in a sense that like Milius is here now, mm -hmm. still getting it the fuck in. Yeah. And like people outside of the Navy won't really understand the way that we feel about these ships. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Fitz for me, yeah. Essex, Fitz, George Washington, fucking McCampbell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't really understand the way that we feel about these ships, like these ships become a part of us. Yeah, man. And yeah. so like, when you talk about that, you were on Milius, that's where you made chief and you were a fucking independent duty corpsman on that ship. And here she is in Yokosuka. DDG 69. Just fucking getting it in. Yeah, she is. She's she is. fucking a good ship yeah. and like still doing the mission. Yeah. Yeah. And she'll probably still be doing the mission once you, like after you're done. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't know, man, like there's something to that. Like, we love these ships and yeah. these ships have a life. They have like a spirit they and they, they, they just have something to them. And, um, anyways, I don't know, man, that, that, yeah, just kind, yeah, of, that yeah. kind of struck a nerve with me. Yeah, right? yeah. Like the yeah, fact that just, you were on Millis, yeah. you made chief on Millis and here yeah. she is still. Yeah. yeah. I remember when, uh, I think, uh, Troy Bohorkas is just taking yeah. her over. Yeah. Um, is that like, how you say his name, bro? Yeah. Troy, Troy Bohorkas. Troy Bohorkas. Yeah. I can't even say it. Like, Troy. He'll probably tell you Bajorquez, but it's Bohorkas. <laughs> yeah. I know you got some Mexican in here. Um, but yeah, I mean, when they pulled down to Sasebo, of course, that was yeah. my first stop. I had to walk on there and just, you know, see the cheese mess that, that initiated me back in 03, 04, 03, 04. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then to see her and, and walk into medical and see, yeah. you know, mild, mild stomping grounds where yeah. I started off my young career, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I did her, man. And I went to ATG, okay. uh, which is probably one of my best tours in San Diego, yeah, in San Diego nice. ATG pack. Yeah. I, did, I did my first 20 years, 21 years, 20 years in San Diego, big right. well, SoCal with the Marines and then back and yeah, forth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, did that ATG tour. That was awesome, man. And then I jumped on board USS Comstock, man. And that's where I was senior chief already. And then cruiser, uh, cruiser, uh, right? LSD, LSD 45. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and that's okay, where I really okay, got, okay. that's where I really got that initial exposure to what is what it is to be a command master chief you know um and my cmc at the time we were on deployment we were 13th mu or 15th mu uh we we're going out to uh out to iraq or to you know centcom and uh 
my CMC unfortunately had lost his mother and she was living in Romania. So they flew him off. And yeah, I covered down CMC on there for about six months. Yeah. For the, for the deployment, man. That's where I was like, yeah, you know, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I left there, Comstock. I went to Balboa Hospital. First time at a hospital mm -hmm. since my early 90s. Right. And made nine there and then put in for the program, got picked up right away. Yeah. And, and, and I've had, I've, I've had a unique CMC tours, man. Yeah, dude. So how many years did you have in when you got picked up for the program? I just hit 21, bro. You just hit 21. Yeah, 21 so right, 20, in, yeah, right in that right, real yeah, sweet yeah, spot, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, so walk us through that, right? So picked up, and then where'd you go first? So <laughs> um, I had called a detailer because I wanted to ship. Mm -hmm. And I knew Ashland was going through some okay. issues down in Sasebo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew that there was a, there was a, there was a chance for me to jump on that. Mm -hmm. um, never in my earlier career did I ever have a desire to get stationed in Japan. Yeah. Um, but I called a detailer. Detail said, well, have you called Sherm Boss? And Sherm Boss at the time was our HM Force Master Chief. Mind you, I already got selected for Command Master Chief. Oh, boy. And I, I said, all about this. Yeah. Go ahead. And I said, I said yeah, I mean, yeah. why, why would I call the Force Master Chief when you're my detail? Yeah, I'm going to let you go. Okay. Well, that's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah. You know, he goes, so I get a hold of Sherm, and Sherm goes, man, here are your options. I want to ship now. Yeah. You know, I got ships under my belt. I got ATG under my belt. Yeah. What better route to go, right? Yeah. And uh, Sherman Boss goes, hey, man, he goes, uh, we got some issues in Okinawa. And right there, I was like, there we go. You know, FMS, right? The fucking hospital um, and, and, or something. Yeah, so I ended up going to First Marine Air Wing out of, out of right. Camp Foster. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think I was the second rated command master chief that had mm -hmm. taken that bill because before they were prior HMCMs yeah, yeah, collateral yeah. duty, yep, you know? Yep. Uh, so focusing still then on the medical mission, not the sailors and marine mission. Because right? that's what they expect from yeah. yeah. And especially so, knowing that you were a core room yeah. before, they're like, all right, master chief, I need you to fix this shit. Yeah. So oh, I was, yeah. uh, got stationed there. Mar Mario Marquez was, was my sergeant major. He's now living in DC, uh, working, I think, for the VF, VF, VFW, I think, or mm -hmm. Legion. What, 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 what yeah, are two Legion organizations? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then my general was uh, General Bart Sanborn, right? Who was uh, he was the first POW during Desert Storm. He was a Harrier pilot. And was shot down, dude. I think I remember the videos of him. Yeah, yeah, man. And that guy, he was he was my first exposure working with a Marine Corps general officer. Mm -hmm. um, but that guy was just a phenomenal leader. Yeah. I mean, very low key. You know, always, always stated there's nothing that i haven't been through that's going to be as bad as that experience right for those 80 90 days right um he goes so you guys can bring anything at me you know very calm collective made decisions uh and i was able to learn a lot from him now yeah. i learned a lot from him and then yeah. also you know mario marquez he was a sergeant major so right um and look and that's one of those tours that now you know i try to get try to get non-corman CMCs to go jump on one of those FMF tours because mm -hmm. it opens your eyes to a lot of other stuff outside the Navy. Yeah. And plus, you know, with what's going on right now, man, that, that, that whole blue green team is going right. to be critical, right. critical here in the next couple of years now. I mean, and we'll get into that. Right. But, um, you know, to totally at the, uh, open source level, mm -hmm. um, but I'll tell you, man, if you, if you look at history, the, the relationship between the Navy and Marine Corps, I mean, let's go all the way back to the Constitution, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to the Constitution. Like, you know, the Constitution won battles because they have Marines in their fucking high cells, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the bird's nest, like, sniping people. Sniping motherfuckers on other ships. 
And I tell people this all the time. I'm sorry, I get fired up when we talk about this. I'm sorry. But like I tell people all the time that um like if you look at the the battles that happened at sea when Constitution, our our most beloved yeah. and famous ship that's that's still a commission warship, um like I think people have this like beautiful image of like, oh, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean, they like shoot some cannonballs and they run up a white flag and they surrender and blah blah blah. No, man, yeah, it was no. about how many people can I kill on that ship. They weren't trying to sink it. They won't shoot. They won't sink the ship because they sunk the ship. They didn't get no money. Yeah. They wouldn't bring that motherfucker back as bounty yeah. and get money off of it, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it was all about like how many people can I kill there? And so like Marines um, sniping people on the deck were a huge part of it. And then you fast forward to you know World War Two yeah. and like um, I, I will say that some of the things that we and I'll just leave it at this. And I'm not asking a question here. I'm just going to like say this. Some of the things that we are doing now with the Marine Corps in preparation for the war that um, is probably going to happen um, is is a lot more similar to some of the things we did in World War II. It is. Right? It is. And um, it's it's fun. It's fun. That's the wrong fucking word. It's... it's uh, it is kind of fun though. It's it's like interesting and exciting for me to see two things. Number one, for the Marine Corps and the Navy SEAL community to get back to their fucking roots. Yeah. Like get out of the fucking desert and let's remember who you are. Like you are a sea growing, you're a sea going force. Maritime dominance. Maritime fucking dominance. Yeah. And it, it feels like they're moving back toward that. It, it just like it encourages me, right? It's like, okay. Like this is this is who you guys were like intended to be all along, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know and, I mean? and we would, you know, we were in the desert for what almost twenty years, a little bit right. twenty years. They did what they had to do. Yeah, yeah. And that was the mission at that time, right? right. Um, and, and now going back to being postured out here in AOR twenty four seven three sixty five. Yeah, I think it's getting us back to where we need to be to hopefully yeah. be able to dominate, man. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I did that Marine tour, and then. Yep. uh uh, then I jumped on to CAG five, man. CAG five, yeah, baby. CAG five, and you know what? And that was kind of a unique opportunity too, because part of the first Marine Air Wing was uh, was the MAG out of Iwakuni. Mm -hmm. Um, and while I was the TAT uh, Marine CMC, um, you know, I knew they were transitioning from Matsugi to Iwakuni. Mm -hmm. I had all the relationships with the COs, the XOs, Sergeants Major mm -hmm. for all the squadrons right. to include the base. Right. Um, and I, I called Ozzy. He was the Air Pack Force at the time. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, man, I, I really like to go, you know, take this job. Um, and, and he goes, well, he kind of looks at me. He goes, eh, he goes, you're, you're not aviation background. And I was like, well, yeah, but neither is Todd Windy. I mean, him and I went to IDC school together. <laughs> Todd and I sat right next to each other in IDC school. Yeah, just literally the cat's <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. you know, but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was funny. But, yeah, man, I got that opportunity, bro. And I'll tell you, man, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful experience to serve with all those yeah. young men and young women and leaders from that, from that CAG. Yeah. You know, um, you talk about America's 911, you know, mm -hmm. the Freedom Badman team to serve on a Reagan with Jason Hawk, you know, all yep. those guys, man. And, you know, just wonder Mickey Jones was dead on 15 at the time. Yep. Um, and, and to get back on a ship, you know, after doing my two and a half years with the Marines, that was yeah. that was great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did that for about two and a half years Did the transition down to Iwakuni. And then uh, we were underway and, and I got a call from Toby Howard. He was so yeah. fleet. And he was like, hey, man, did you look at the weekly? This was before NTMS, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. He goes, did you see that 76 ESG7 job? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I did. Um, 
And he goes, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, man, dude, I was, I've only been in Japan. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. You know, compared to people like, you know, you look at like me, Curtis, <laughs> Blunt, Curtis Blunt, yourself, you know, yeah, like yeah. in my mind, I was like, yeah. well, I'm sure there's people that got some more time in the seat out here and that, right. that they yeah. probably, to me, naturally, I would think would be higher on that list. Um, and then Toby goes, dude, you got to remember, look at your background, man. Right. Because you, you've done Muse, you've done deployments, boots on ground, you've done a ship, you've done an amphib, which is perfect. You know, so put it in. And, yeah. and I did, I put my name in the hat. And uh, yeah, Brad Cooper, Admiral Cooper was the mm -hmm. one that, that, that brought yeah. me on board, man. Yeah. Um, and that was also sassable, bro. I can't say enough about Sassable, man. I love, love that place, man. Yeah. So yeah, I moved down there and, and did that for three years, three mm -hmm. years. And then the opportunity came up for me to be able to interview for Southern Fleet, man. And, right. and yeah. I was fortunate, man, you know. Yeah. I'm honored and privileged to yeah. to wear that ball cap, man. Yeah, dude. You know? I'll tell you like this, man. As a Seventh Fleet sailor, like through and through, man. I, I started down in Sasebo, Sasebagus. Sasebagus, mm -hmm. baby. Um, I started down in Sasebo on the USS Essex uh, 2001. And, um, wow. yeah, so just a mass chief of your caliber that has the 7th Fleet experience that you know, I'm not blowing sunshine up here because, no, no. honestly, I don't give a fuck, yeah, right? Yeah. But, like, just to keep it real, right? Like, um, and I, I loved, I love talking too, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Hurricane, Hurricane's yeah. a fucking man, right? But I just, um, like you, and, and this is one of the reasons why I want to have you on the podcast is because you're a real motherfucker, man. Like you don't play the, the kind of like, I'm going to be somebody in this situation and somebody else in this situation. You're just fucking Dan Field. And I'll tell you, man, like, I think that, the Navy mean, needs more of that, first of all. And second of all, I think in this job specifically, you know, people get all butthurt when we talk about that 7th Fleet is just different. We're not saying we're special. No, no, it's no. fucking different, yeah, bro. It's yeah, different. It like, our, our deployment schedules are different. Our living conditions are different. Restrictions are different. Restrictions yeah. are different. Oh, by the way, fucking, as soon as we get underway from Sagami Wan, we're being tracked by the fucking Chinese. Like, let's be 100, yeah. it, right? Like, like we're under the gun all the time. And so, like, you know, a guy like you, man, like, it, it, for, for me, um, you know, who, you know, I'm still a, you know, I'm a deck plate CMC, right? Like, Seeing you as the guy, it's like, fuck yeah, man. Like, all right, we're good. Like, I know this dude's going to advocate for us. He's not going to play the fucking fuck fuck games. Like, this dude's going to advocate for us and for our fucking sailors. Like, like we know that. And yeah. that's that's a huge fucking thing for somebody that's in your position, right? I'll tell you, man, you know, I was always, I, like, you know, like we all do, right? I got a lot of good mentors, officers included. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and that's one of the things they always told me is, you always got to keep it real. You know, with, with your people, that's it. Keep it real with the leadership, you know, certain levels of leadership require, require you to, to communicate that in a different way. Um, but, but taking care of what we do out here is, is like my number one goal, man, because yeah. like you said, man, once, once we go out the cup, man, we're, we're hooking and jab and, and there's no, oh, we'll do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. No, it's, 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 it's live, man. You know, yeah. it's live and, and, and. Yeah, and for, for new sailors that come out here, it takes them a little bit of time to get used to, as you know. But I, I think all in all, man, I mean, you don't see too many people really trying to go back. 
Yeah, you know? unless you're just not cut out for yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And I think that sometimes you'll see like these old heads that have, you know, they they've been in Norfolk or Mayport or San Diego or Hawaii, yeah. and like they come out here like, nah, man, like this ain't for me. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things I tell CMCs all the time whenever I'm, I'm talking to them on, on the waterfront, you know, here, Sasebo, wherever, is, you know, for us Japan folks, you know, if you really, yeah, I, I, I highly advise them that they, they do a tour back in the States. Mm -hmm. Get yeah. your name out there. Yeah. You know, because unless you've served out here with us, you really don't know. You're not ready for who it. we are, number yeah. one, our yeah. capability, our, our ability. Yeah. Um, and how we lead our sailors out here, man. Yeah. Um, and, and and I tell them all the time, if you if you want to move up that chop chain, outside up up the tier, up the mess, right, the mm -hmm. uh, leadership mess, I, I I strongly recommend it. You know, because yeah. there's only so many jobs out here right. in Japan that we can do. That's know? right. Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I I'm born and bred this, mm -hmm. you know, and I I've never done sea duty anywhere but here, yeah. and so like I can't like. And this isn't to disparage anybody that does yeah, you know, yeah. ships in San yeah. Diego or whatever. Like they yeah. got their own yeah. issues they're working through, but just the tempo that we have out here. And, and this isn't, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this to like, Oh, fucking poor pitiful me. Yeah. I'm just like stating it as a fact, like the tempo that we have out here is totally fucking different from the rest of the Navy. And some of us fucking love it until we kind of had enough of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you, you kind of reach your threshold. You're like, oh, I've been gone for 14 fucking years. <laughs> hey, kids. How you doing? Like, sorry about that. You know, but, like, I wouldn't give it, I like, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. You know, but um, it's just, it's a, it's a different tempo. But um, over the last 20 years, just the mission has evolved so fucking much, man. Like, like, 10 years. We used to be worried about fucking East Timor. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about East Timor now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that used to be a thing that we were worried about in 2002, 2003. And, like, um, it, it, it used to be pretty calm out here. Honestly, it did. It was. It, was it did. Like, yeah. we were underway a lot. But, you know, on Essex, we go do the Okinawa 500, yeah. let the Marines go ashore, yeah. you know, hop over to fucking Hong Kong, Thailand, Singapore. Dude, let me tell you about my first underway, Dan. Let me tell you about my first underway. Let's just, let's just, let me tell you about my first underway, bro. So I joined the Navy. Um, I joined, so I am colorblind, right? And I joined the Navy, 92 ASVAB. Um, I joined the Navy with full intentions of doing my time and mm -hmm. getting out and going to law school okay. because my stepbrothers and stepdad law firm, okay. the whole thing, right? And these motherfuckers, you know how they fucked me, Dan? They fucked me, bro. My first port visit in the Navy was Patio Beach, Thailand. Oh, jeez, dude. Right? Oh, jeez, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, like, and it was back in the day. There was no yeah. lamp shebang. Yeah. We just anchored fucking Essex out. And I was already 21. Fucking Liberty Boat pulls up. I hop on. Dude comes out. He's like, who wants a Heineken? And I was like, me. And uh, it was like fucking 25 cents. And then we pull in. And you've been paying yeah, sure. So you pull in. Um, on the Liberty boat, and this old, this is back in the day, man, old rickety fucking pier right there at the entrance to Walking Street. And so, like, 22 year old fucking Dean Howell walks off the pier, steps foot on Patty Beach. I look to the right, I look to the left. I was like, what the actual fuck is this? 
And um, I joke, right? But like, um, like that was the allure, man. Mm -hmm. Like they're like this, like you know, you get your Liberty Coast and yeah. fucking Hong Kong. Yeah. You go to Singapore and you go, you know, you go to fucking Boat Key, which was a whole different place back then. And like the allure of this place used to be just something different than it is. It's, it's nobody's fault. Like it's just changed. Yeah, it's just changed over these last couple of decades. Yeah, you know what just, I mean? Just, I mean, let's look back at like, you know, when I first got here in 2014, I mean, just. Oh yeah. Totally just different. Then, yeah. You know, I mean, we didn't discuss some of our adversaries in any briefs. Not a whole lot. Not, not like that. No, no. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Bro. It's, 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 uh, I was having this conversation this weekend. I was in Sasebo and I was having mm -hmm. a conversation with John Hook. Yeah. Uh, John, yeah. shout out John Hook. Yeah, man. Congratulations <laughs> to you, brother. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, it's, you, you, you wonder what the next five years is going to look like. You know, you start looking at some of these areas, man. And it's just, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's going to be challenging. It's going to yeah. be challenging. It's not going to be an easy fight. Yeah, um, and, and, and yeah, so, know, man. so it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, man, so I yeah, did some fleet and then uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens after this. Dude, this, yeah. will, this will take me to almost 34 years. In the God damn. Yeah, man, Holy shit, dude. Yeah, no shit. That's what's up, man. Um, I'm a baby. So where were you at in 1998? I love how you're doing the math right now. It's like, anyway, I joined in, and then, and then, and then. I was in Okinawa. Why was I in Okinawa? Because you, you, no, 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 what, 91? I had, I had, yeah, I came in 91. Okay. Um, so, 98, I had just, I just made, I came in in 92. 98, I just made, just start, put my package in to go to IDC school. I was at the clinic, 32nd okay. Street Clinic. Okay. I just there finished my five and a half, six years with the FMF. Yeah. So I, I was, yeah. I was, I was graduating high school. High school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was graduating high school, man. And then I did, I did three years of college before I even like came into the Navy. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I still do not have a bachelor's degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you only got one year left, brother. Yeah, man. It's all good. I mean, I actually have like five classes left. Five and two, Who's fucking counting, yeah. man? Yeah. So, okay. So seven fleet. Command Master Chief now. Um, so we've talked about this before. You came to Japan, not reluctantly, but at least like not exactly knowing what you were getting into. And then once you got here. Man, yeah. It, it, you know, you always, you, you know, and back in 14 was when all that, all the lockdown was going yeah. on, right? They had just come out. Yeah. I think it was in. 13, the policy in Okinawa was, you know, if you left the base, you could, you, you could only even your khakis or your, yeah. or your, you know, your Marine uh, alphas, yeah. um, you know, one beer out in town. I mean, it was, you right. hear all about the Liberty plans, right? Yeah. And, you know, as CMCs, man, we hear about, we would hear about that in Japan and San Diego. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I don't want to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, man, my, my, my time in Okinawa, um, I think my first six months, I was kind of like, what did I get myself into? Mm -hmm. um, but then I really started getting into the groove of traveling. Yeah. Uh, we had just stood up uh, our, our Murph D detachment down in, down in uh, uh, Darwin, Australia. 
Okay. Um, yeah. the, the Marine Marine rotational forces down there. So yeah. six months UDP for the air wing. Yeah. Um, you know, we were getting involved a lot with we were the Mar four for, for Cobra Gold, you know, for Thailand. So yeah. I would spend two months in, in Thailand. Oh yeah. Uh, doing a lot of engagements with the Philippines, yeah, um, Singapore, South Koreans. Yeah. Um, and, and that really kind of opened my eyes to the world. Yeah. If that makes sense. 100% does. Because you know, all my times previous to that, I was a Westpac guy, you yeah. know, come out. As a matter of fact, I never hit any, we never hit any Japan ports. No, because you, don't, my you don't come to Japan yeah, on yeah, West Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. you know, the typical Hawaii, Thailand, Singapore, Hong Kong. Right. Gulf. Right. Australia. Come back. Come back. And then home, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it really opened my eyes to the world. Um, it, it really, it really taught me how to engage with people from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, and I really found my niche in it, man. And yeah. I really enjoyed it, you know. And yeah. then, and then. You know, as CMCs, you know, they always say, you know, it gets lonely at the top because your crowd gets smaller, 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 yeah, yeah. right? Um, well, having been a, you know, I was a single guy. Yeah. I'd just gotten a, a separated and divorced from my first wife. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so my circle was definitely small because yeah. all of my counterparts were either there with the families or yeah, married yeah. spouses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really got involved with the culture, with the people from Okinawa, you know? Wow. Those were all okay. my friends. They were all Okinawans. Yeah, dude, you know? love it. And yeah. they're the ones that taught me how to live in Japan. I love it. You know, and yeah. it was awesome, man. You yeah. know, Iwakuni, same thing, man. You know, Atsugi, yeah. same thing. Sasebo, definitely Sasebo. Yeah. Um, and, and just, just to be able to, to see a culture that reminds me of the way I was raised. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody asks me, so what's the big deal about Japan? I say, you can sum up Japan in one word. That's respect. That's it. That's it. That's it, dude. Respect. That's it. Yeah. We talk about the Navy all the time. Like all the, the buzzwords these days are what? Dignity and respect, right? Yeah. Treat me with dignity and respect. Oh, you mean be like the Japanese? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and, but I'm with you, right? Like the way I was raised is the same way, right? Yeah. That like, um, you know, you care for, for the elderly. Mm hmm And you were respectful to them yeah. because God damn it, they earned it. To this right? Day. Yeah. And you were also respectful to the children, yeah, because they're babies. Yeah. You want to take care of them. You want yeah. you want you, know, you want to bring them up the right way. Yeah. And like Japanese culture is is very very respectful to those two. I mean, you go on a train, right? Priority seating, and nobody seats it up. And if they are sitting in it, and some old lady walks in, or a woman that's got kids, little babies, or pregnant, they're like they get their ass up and they let them sit down. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. just the culture, yeah. man. Right? Yeah. You know. <clears throat> You know, I told you my dad's Mexican. We grew up, you know, kind of border, and and uh, a lot of my all of my dad's family's down in Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, so we used to travel around Mexico all the time, just to, yeah. just to be able to see so many similarities between those two cultures, the Japanese yeah. culture and the Mexican cultures, is is was eye opening to me here too, because mm -hmm. I was not expecting Japan yeah. to be that way. I was not expecting the people to receive me the way they did. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and you know, you probably dealt with this. You run into a couple of the. OG signs that, you know, kind of don't really, yeah. don't really want to talk to the gaijin, yeah. you know, but exactly. after a period of time, you become best friends with these people. They truly still believe it's about the content of your character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do, right? Like they'll judge you for sure. Like let's, let's don't mix correct words. Like correct. the Japanese are, um, they have certain stereotypes about certain groups of people. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can defeat those stereotypes yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. And they don't like firmly hold those biases that, you know, 
that uh that they have initially right right um yeah man i i like i've been out here forever i'll tell you a story so my wife's mommy her grandfather was a he was a fucking zero pilot Mm. in world war ii survived okay and She's from Kagoshima. Okay. You've been to Kagoshima? Yep. Yeah. Dude, I, it's one of my favorite cities in Japan. Yeah. Kyushu is it for me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, not the same thing bad about any place else. Yeah, we, we love Japan, but Kyushu is the shit. <laughs> Fukuoka is my favorite city in Japan. Wow. Like, hands down, not even close. Mine was, mine was, uh, Yufuin, Beppu, and Oita. Okay. Okay. Northern yeah, Northern yeah, Northern. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, close to, um, like north of Nagasaki, like up toward uh, Kitakush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah those are my favorite areas, man. Yeah, it's good. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. I just love Fook. <laughs> I mean, it's going to sound stupid, but this is my, um, this is like my OCD kicking in. Like, yeah. I just love the way that Fook is laid out. Mm, yeah. I love the big streets. Yeah. It just makes sense. Everything is kind of at a 90 degree angle. Like, there's not a lot of like small, you know, it's not like if you go to like Shijuku, it's just yeah, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I don't know where the fuck I'm at. Yeah. Um, There's some stuff. Yeah, yeah. just kind of like laid out yeah. smartly as a city, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, it just feels open. It feels a little bit. There was there was some streets I was in Fook, man, where if I wouldn't have realized I was driving on the other side of the road, I would have felt Thought like you were I, in America. Yeah, back in America yeah. or back in England, Europe, you know? Yeah. Um, because it was just the way the houses, the architecture was. And I didn't realize, yeah. I had to do this, the research study on why there was such a heavy... Uh, European European influence in Kyushu, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it goes back to when they were trying to bring the religion here and trading all stuff. That's right. I didn't realize. I mean, I do research. I was like, why does this place look so different? That's funny you mentioned that. A lot of people don't realize this. Like Kyushu, you'll see Christian churches Mm -hmm. way more often than anywhere else in Japan, and it's because they were more receptive to um, outside influence than you know, then the hub, like, yeah. you know, the central government was. Yeah. And, uh, I, dude, I didn't bring it this time, but so my wife's grandma is 99. She'll be 100 oh, wow. in September. Wow. Dude, the story she has, she lived in Nanking, okay. right? Yep. Um, which is now Beijing, mm-hmm. right? She lived in Nanking during the war. She was like 17 and it was dangerous in Kagoshima. And so she was from kind of an affluent family. And so her family flew, like she went to, to Nanking. And she lived there for the wow. duration of the war with, um, um, you know, an older brother. Mm-hmm. And um, to, to hear some of the fucking stories she has, right? Um, but so mommy's grandpa was a zero pilot. And the first time I went to Kagoshima, he wouldn't even fucking talk to me, dude. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And I get it. Because yeah. it's like where she's from is country, bro like country right and he wouldn't talk to me and i was like i get it dude like i'm not even like it is what it is right and and i was respectful and blah 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 blah. but eventually came time where i had asked her to marry me and it's still very traditional this was 2003 early 2003 and it's still very traditional in the sense that like hey man like if jichan doesn't give his blessing in this like it's not happening. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. So, you have like, to move the states, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So she, like, coached me through how to, like, ask them to come to the wedding. It was like, you know, uh, Kate Kong, she mm-hmm. keep taking the side, right? And 
it was the full thing like you would see in a movie where like I was like like I was on like both yeah. fucking knees. Kick on the side, kick on ski, could decide, keep they could decide, right? And uh and he said yes, right? And so he ended up coming. And then like once the wedding was over, he and I and I didn't understand shit he was saying back then. We're talking two thousand three, right? I didn't understand Japanese as well yeah. as I do now. And like he would like open up picture books and show me shit and mommy would have to translate. He was like super proud that we were both like Navy men. Him from Japan. From Japan and me, like new generation. I don't know, man. It was just um uh it was so fucking cool, man, to like make that connection. Um anyways, I guess all that is to say that you've been out here long enough. And so have I that um, the Japanese, when they attacked Pearl Harbor, the famous quote was, we have awakened a sleeping giant, right? And I feel like that the sleeping giant in 2023 is fucking Japan. They're a warrior class. They are. are. They're a warrior class. They've been without a fight for a long fucking time. You're right. You're right. And you just see. You just, I mean, you see them operate their work out there with us all the time. And, and just to, they're a warrior type and they're very proud in what, everything they do. Yep. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was, I forgot where I was on travel and uh, somewhere here in Japan, man. And I was talking to one of the young Japanese sailors and, and you know, they don't, their pay differences, you know, their pay scales way, way different. different. I mean, yeah. I think you and I make what like an admiral makes, dude, you know? Right. The JMSDF, right? right? Yeah. Um, and this young, it was a third class petty officer, OS3. Actually, it was, I think it was Azuma-san's translator. Mm-hmm. Um, and and his comment to me was, because I am so grateful that the government of Japan is paying me this money, I will always do my best. Yeah. Always do my best. And I was like, wow, man. Yeah, bro. Like, that's yeah. pretty deep, man. You know? It's a, it's a different, it's a different you know? mentality, bro. Um. You go to the what's their uh, what's their flat top? The Zumo, yeah, or the Kaga, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Four hundred people on that ship, man. Right. Four hundred twenty people. That's without the air detachment, right? Yeah. And uh, I just took all the sailors of the year, you know, when they were here and here and here in Yokosuka, yeah, because I wanted them to see, just just how the, clean the pride and, the and, pride. and you know how they appreciate and value everything that they have, you know, and. Yeah. and and uh, and yeah, man, it was just, it's it's always an amazing time to go visit those folks on those ships, yeah. uh, and just see the the standard, right across the Japanese Navy, not just every ship, but it's across the Navy. It really you is, know? man. It really is. Or say they're maritime force. What a like. I mean, you probably couldn't pick a better partner out here. Yeah, I totally agree. Right, I do agree. Like, if shit pops off and. Obviously, there's uh, some legalities that surround all of that, but let's just say shit really pops off, man. Like, there's not a better partner. Mm. There's not a better partner. And, and I mean, we're here. We're here. I, I am on Japan soil. On, on you know, um, on an American base. But like, so of course I love them and my Japanese and all this, right? But like, you just come to fully appreciate the culture of the long you've been here. You do. Like, they're just fucking good people, yeah. man. You know. And it's uh it's it's very kind of like unspoiled. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It's it very is. unspoiled. It is. it is. And uh you almost don't want to see it like get fucked up. Yeah. You know? Because like uh this is probably the closest thing to like a like a perfect society. 
I think, I, I, I think I in agree. the world. I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's some drawbacks to it and whatnot. I won't get into that, but like, um, it's pretty fucking close to perfect, man. Like, it's real fucking close. It is. You know? It is. Um, but it wouldn't work almost. I don't think it'd work anywhere else. No. And, and, and even, even the, even the younger, younger Japanese, you know, so, you know, we were down in Sasebo and I didn't live on base. Uh, I was able to live up in Kikaze Cho, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. up, up the hill. Right. And, uh, and, and when I first moved there, I was by myself there. Yeah. Um, and you know, my neighbors on both sides, and I lived in a house, in a, in a house, not a, a, a mansion. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you'd see, you know, American girl Saturday afternoon throwing some ribs on the barbecue, you know, yeah. you see all the, everybody's windows open up and, yeah. you know, clothes, you know, and then, you, you know, people would start kind of walking by the house as the smoke, you know, and from my smoker was yeah. going through the neighborhood and, and then my wife moved in with me. Um, yeah. She speaks Japanese. Um, and, and just the relationships that I was able to get across the finish line or, or just to make, period, because right. my wife speaks speaks the language here. Um, my neighbors became like family to us, man. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't, it was it was not awkward at all yeah. to see the three-year-old little kid, you know, now John, come in, yeah. open the door, walk and give to my pantry, grab a thing of popcorn, put three minutes in the microwave, <laughs> yeah, and then walk by the house. Yeah. Yeah, I got the dance on, you know? Well, they're yearning for that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what the, the Japanese are yearning for these days. Yeah. Um, because just like us, they've been separated so far from the rural society. And so now everybody lives in these compartmented. Even if you live in a house, you mm-hmm. live in a you know, yeah. Yeah. A fucking prison yeah. to some extent. Unless you go out and meet your fucking neighbors and, and build community. That's one of the reasons I started this podcast, man, is that like, I think that what we are missing in the world right now, whether it's Japan, the Navy, like pick a fucking organization, mm-hmm. a structure, a, a community or, you know, a country or whatever. Right. Like, I think that one of the things that we're missing right now is community. Like, uh, yeah. Does that make sense? Like, no, it is. It is. And, and, and like five or six people that I'm cool with yeah. that we hang out. Yeah. The world is missing that. It right is. It now. is. You but know? you know, you also remember Dean too. We're also, we're also, trying to come back from that COVID environment where we yeah. were told you cannot hang out. You cannot hang out. Go ahead. Do we want to talk about COVID? Here's, you know, <laughs> your POD is going to be sent to you on your cell phone, you know, and, yeah. and, and now we want everybody to come back in yeah. all of a sudden. I mean, look at how many sailors we have, man, that went to boot camp during COVID restrictions. Yeah. You know, went to a school during COVID restrictions with walls in between them, you know, and now you're expecting to turn that around yeah. in six, eight months when, you know, that's going to take, we have, we have a, Three, four, throughout about three year, I'm going to call it generation, COVID yeah. generation, yeah. that didn't come in and Navy like you and I did, you know, um, and yeah. didn't experience that shit me, right? you know, yeah. like we did, yeah. because they were told to isolate, you know, and in Japan went through it, bro, and you know, they were the, I mean, they finally, we just got year, out of it in March, May, yeah, right? March, March, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know? March 14th, COVID was gone and flu was back. And I'll yeah. tell you what, man, the Japanese, like, they still trust their government. They do. And so they no, waited. They, yeah. they waited. They were patient. And the government said, okay, we're good. And it's back to normal. It truly it is. is. Like, it is. You know, you still, you still see a lot of masks, but, like. But they, that's, that's always been masks, there, right? Yeah. 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 That's little, always little more. I'd yeah. say there's probably 30% more masks now. But, like, you always saw masks. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so yeah. it's not even, like, a, a problem here. Yeah. But, like, um. No, but like to your point, like 
it's going to take a long time to recover. Yes. People that lived, truly lived before COVID are good, right? It's like, oh, it's done. Yeah, that's fucking sucked. Like, <laughs> let's move on, please. Shot number four. Let's go. Fuck me, right? <laughs> um, but like, if you, I'm blessed because my kids are very fucking like, you know, they're my kids. Yeah. So, yeah. They're very like assertive and resilient. Like, fuck, thank God it's over, you know? And by the way, we kind of talk like that in the house. I'm like, hey, man, how about less F bombs, please? You know? <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, dad. You know? But, uh, but like, my point is that kids their age and these young sailors that we have, um, it's going to take a long time for them to get out of that because they don't know any different. You know, anything, anything that we try to introduce that is not online communication, they already were on the yeah. online yeah. communication world. And then COVID happened and it just like drove them further into yeah. it. So like, but I will say, man, like once you get them in a fucking group, having fun, you, you know, you, you interject some mm-hmm. things that are normal to us, games, yeah. whatnot, yeah. like, you know, they're on board with it, but you, re- it, it, it takes some time to like get them into those. It does. Things, it you does. Know? You know, I was able to, uh, I went back to DC and then from there I went to, uh, San Diego and did a brief at the AirPac conference, mm-hmm. CMC conference. And I was able to see my kids, my son and my daughter, Dominic and Brianna, San Diego, and just talking to her, you know, realizing that, you know, up until this last year, she hadn't been in school for two years. Fuck. I mean, yeah. that, that social interaction. Yeah was gone. That's you so know? rough, bro. And, 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 and that's going to stick with her for like for a long time, you know, or people like us, right? I mean, we didn't shut down Japan. The Navy did not shut down yeah. during COVID. Right. What did we do? We got underway. 100%. You know? dude, I or was there. I we was restricted there. everybody on the piers, you know? I was there, bro. Um, and, and, and day so, fucking sequestration. Yeah. I did it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. I did that bus ride from, from Narita all the way down to Sassabo, bro. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> And that was the night before I interviewed for Southern Fleet too. Oh yeah. Um, but but um, yeah, it's just just uh, I think we're I think it's going to be challenging probably for about another year, year and a half just to get that mentality out of some of our sailors to realize that hey, yeah. it's okay to be together. It's okay that we serve together, we fight together. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know. So I'm, I'm gonna say something right here, Dan, and this is just like, I, you don't have to comment. On it at all, mm-hmm. right? This is just my personal, this is yep. Dean Howell's fucking opinion on, yeah. on COVID. I'll say this, and then we can move on to the next fucking segment, okay. right? <laughs> you don't have to comment. Don't say anything in return. If you don't want to, this is me. Um, somebody owes us a fucking apology. <laughs> okay? And not me, not you. Because we're old heads. Yeah. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's like we're already bought into the enterprise. We're a fucking yeah. company, man. Yeah. It's like, whatever, dude. Like, he did this shit. It's like, whatever. Like, moving on. As long as I don't fucking catch, you know, myocarditis, yep. which I'm not going to because I'm older. You know, as long as I don't fucking kill over dead. Yeah. Again, which I'm not going to because I'm older and I've already done all the bad things in my body. Like, a little fucking shy ain't going to do shit to me. <laughs> it ain't for me. These young kids that are a year out from their EAOS that are considering re-enlisting or not, and the people that are in high school right now that are considering coming into specifically the Navy Mm -hmm. or not, but the military in general, somebody owes them a fucking apology, right? Again, this is Dean Howe's opinion. When you fuck something up, 
a normal human being, you know what they do? They say, hey, dude, I fucked it up. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. And here's what I'm going to do to try to make it better. They don't continue to just like act like it never happened. And it's okay. I'm not mad, right? It's okay to say, hey, man, like our response to that was not measured. It was not appropriate. Um, we did what we thought was best, but hindsight being 2020, we kind of fucked that up, man. We probably shouldn't have locked everybody down. It didn't really fucking help anybody. Oh, by the way, the vaccines are not effective. I mean, let's be 100 about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody owes a fucking apology, man. And um, until we get that, I think that we are going to see very fucking minimal accession. We're going to see really fucking hard time with um, – recruitment and retention because these young fucking sailors like, uh, how about fuck you? Like, I don't trust you anymore because you did that to me. And now I know that was not fucking necessary. And all it would take is, Hey man, my bad. Like my bad. Right. That's all it would take. Like if you, if you do some fucked up shit to somebody, what do you do? Say, Hey dude, I didn't mean to my bad, bro. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's it. It's like, Basic human shit, right? But we'll never fucking get it. Again, I'm not asking you to comment on that. I'm just telling you the conversation that I have with people in and out of the Navy is like, if you just acknowledge that you're fucked up, then I'll have a lot more respect for you, you know? So. No, you're, 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 um, I like what you said. Um, but the, you know, on, on that, on, on that, on the flip side of that coin, right? I mean, dude, we hadn't dealt with anything like that since when? I mean, that that serious, right? Essentially right, ever. Yeah, right, since like bubonic plague. Essentially right? ever. Polio, right? right? Yeah. Um, In anyone's lifetime that's alive yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Ever. And, and, right. and, you know, like we were all learning. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have handled it better. Yeah. I do agree with that. Right. Um, and, and, and hopefully, this is what I was telling uh, – I was telling John Hook this weekend, I said, yeah. I, I hope our kids never have to go through anything like that ever. They will you know? not. So. I mean, I hope not to. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not yeah. to. And I mean, look at what we, I mean, you remember the swine flu, the bird flu, the chicken flu. Remember all that? Remember we were screening people during Listen. OIF, OEF. I mean, you know, it was like, and we Listen. never locked anybody down. Front. Front. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I pulled into Singapore during H1N1. There you go. I fucking remember. It was the World Cup was on. It was probably 03, maybe 02, 03. Yeah. We pulled into fucking Singapore at fucking Changi, which was brand new at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what we did? We went on fucking Liberty, man. We walked through a fucking, we walked through like a, a, a temperature checker. Yeah. If you had a fever, they were like, nah, dog. Right? But if you didn't have a fever, they're like, go ahead. Fucking have fun. Go ahead. You know? Go ahead. And it was H1N1. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, so, man. I mean, you know, there's, yeah. Anyways. We don't want to go down there. Now we do There's enough stuff out there. We can, everybody can do their own yeah, research. Yeah, do, so. do your own do research. Your own, yeah, do your do own your research. research. <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. Hey, uh, I'm going to take a leak.